Welcome to episode number 45 of the Guns and Radio podcast. As always, each and every single Monday, I'm Chris Caputo. And I'm Dustin Bones. Welcome to the show. Today we're going to be listening to Automatic Overdrive. We've got a special guest that's going to be joining us tonight. That's comedian and host of Weird AF News, and that is Jonesy. He's going to Ooh. be coming a little bit later. He's going to tell us about, uh, he tells us about a lot of cool stuff, man. We had a great conversation with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to talk about uh, what it's like to travel, uh, being a comedian. Uh, he was actually overseas traveling in Asia, when, uh, touring in Asia when the uh, coronavirus broke out. So he's got some stories about that. He's going to talk about what it was like over there in Japan and uh, Singapore and all these places versus America. Uh, when he got back, so that's going to be uh, really interesting. Uh, but first, we've uh, we got to say thank you to you guys for uh, uh, helping us meet our bonus show goals. Yeah, we just hit 150 Twitter followers out of the blue. I was like, oh shit, let's do let's put up a poll for a bonus show, and yeah. so you're going to get that very soon. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, it's going to be. We kind of talk about it in the beautiful, dangerous episode in the shit that we recorded like two seconds ago. <laughs> Attack on at the beginning, <laughs> but uh, um, what we did was we took uh, we we were we always have trouble coming up with concepts for you guys to vote on. So it's going to be just another episode of Guns and Radio, but we're going to guarantee a Guns and Roses song. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of brainstorming what we could do, and so I took all the I took I took our wheel app, our lottery app. And I kind of duplicated it and then went through and took out any song that was not a Guns N' Roses, Guns N' Roses song. And uh, then I sat there and I spun it and I kept spinning it <laughs> until we got one from, until we got four songs from separate albums. Hmm. And uh, so we threw, we threw those lottery results. So that's what we ended up going with. And hmm. you guys, uh, that's where we got the concept for the songs that you have to choose from, so... Uh, by now the poll's over, but uh, yeah, we still want to say thank you. And uh, that bonus show is coming up uh, pretty soon. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll pop up when it pops. Well, yeah. when the poll's finished and we actually know what we're going to be um, reviewing and everything, which uh, I mean, by the time this comes out, we'll know. But mm-hmm. who's who wants to go back in and edit that again? Yeah, jeez. <laughs> bullshit right. like we know while we're recording this. Look, we don't bullshit you guys, okay? We straight mm-hmm. up tell you how it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is recorded in advance before the before the poll is over. So you're getting a bonus show. We can tell you that much. That's true. We know that. But um, as far as what you're getting, uh, yeah, at the time of this recording, we don't know. But we, we definitely want to tell you thank you. And uh, for the following that we've we've gotten together on this uh, on this podcast, it's uh, way more than I really thought it would ever be. I mean, we're not just, you know, the, the creme de la creme. We're not, nobody's like pounding on our doors asking for autographs. But, <laughs> but uh, they might as well be. I mean, let's get it real. I mean, Caputo's maybe, but not here. There can be people just can't. People are too polite to knock on your door. <laughs> what do they do? Um, I don't know. Just... It's best when you're like the Canada Post, like the UPS guys, they just leave the package, don't even fucking knock on the door or even ring the fucking doorbell. It's like, oh, how am I supposed to know the shit's there? Like, luckily I have a friggin' have the ring doorbells that detect the motion and shit, so I know when someone comes near my door. Nice. Or else, like, anyone else, you wouldn't know nothing. I got a Canadian question I need to ask you. We didn't talk sure. about this or anything. Yeah. Uh, but I got a question I want to ask you. What is the last letter of the alpha? Z. Okay, so you guys don't say Z. Oh no, some some probably people probably say Z. I go with Z because that's you know that's how the song goes: Q R S T U V W X Y and Z. It just fucking flows better. Okay. Music. Music. Okay. I always uh, I had heard 
that people in Canada say Zed, and I know that people in the UK say Zed. Yeah. And so I was trying to figure out if America is the only country that has Z, <laughs> or if it's called Zed everywhere. Uh, it's either or here. It's like hit or miss. I think depending how far up north you go, and how how like European white trash and redneck you goes, you may hear the, the <laughs> difference. It goes Z Z Z Z Z. So there's Zs. There's people that call it Z. I don't know. Probably. Probably those, those are some fucking rural farmers just discovered Wi-Fi. Probably pronounced like that. <clears throat> uh, we had a little thing go down on uh, social media this week. Not really uh, a big deal, but so I was editing "Beautiful Dangerous," the the episode of "Beautiful Dangerous," and I look over to my right, and I'm and uh, I'm looking over at my uh, record collection, and I see uh, the cover to "Blue Oyster Cult." Uh, oh, what's the Agents of Fortune. Uh-huh. And uh, as I'm editing, I've got us here. Now, we do record video, and I edit it with video, and then I just delete the video before we publish it. Uh, just makes it easier in the editing process. And I'm looking over at this. I'm looking over at my computer. I get to look it back and forth, and I go, <laughs> the guy on this album cover looks just like Caputo. <laughs> I mean, with the stash now, yeah, I could definitely <laughs> see it. But. So I took a picture of this album cover and I tweeted it to you, and uh, I was like, "Hey, bro, I didn't know you were famous." I got a little <laughs> giggle. I kind of felt bad because it was like, you know, I'm ripping on my buddy, and like, is he going to take this joke like I'm like friendly ribbing, or is he going to take it as me being an asshole making fun? Yeah, of which no, I got a good laugh. Was, it I was got a good friendly. laugh out of it. Yeah. It was friendly ribbing, is what it was supposed to be. Yes. Well, I got my karmatic justice. Uh, at the time when we're recording this today, because uh, there's an upcoming video series uh, on the Dustin CC YouTube channel that's uh, going to be coming soon, also available on GunsRadio.com, uh, where CC is going to have a gamer show. And we're going to start making gamer videos because gamer videos are popular on YouTube. But CC is an old school hippie, so she don't play video games. She's going to play odd or me and cc are going to play odd and strange board games uh that we find either on the internet or in antique stores because we got this idea because we go to thrift stores a lot together uh look around this is where i've got most of the shit you see in this room <laughs> and um we always see these board games that you never heard of and so we thought that's going to be a youtube series we're going to play these board games and uh test them out so while we were um to get a feel for it, I guess, of uh, things I should be looking for, I found, uh, what was the name of that fucking game? Smoker, something to do with smoking cigarettes. It's an anti-smoking game from the 70s called uh, Smoker's Wild. And then I saw <laughs> the guy on the cover, and I looked at, I took a good hard look at myself, because at the time I was actually wearing that same t-shirt. <laughs> And uh, that blue jean denim shirt, I was wearing that at the time. It just got really hot in here, and I switched to a T-shirt before we started taping. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking over there, I'm looking, and and then I was like, "Yep, that's that's my karma for saying Caputo looked like the guy on the Blue Oyster Cult album cover is." <laughs> I get this jackass. So then I pieced us both together, <laughs> mm-hmm. threw that up on IG. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. But we got a good week here in just a minute. We're going to take a, a quick break. You probably won't even notice because, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think we've still got a sponsorship deal yet by the time, <laughs> by the time this airs. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by Jonesy from uh, Weird AF News. And uh, we're going to chat with him for a bit. And uh, we've got a really good show for you guys, so stick around. All right, we're back on the Guns of Radio podcast. Folks, uh, Caputo had to step out for just a second, but he's going to be joining us again here in just a minute. But right now, we're going to introduce our special guest of the week, the meet and host of Weird AF News, Jonesy. Hey, Dustin, thanks for having me, buddy. Oh, did you just give me a round of applause? I'm so flattered. I'm uh, so yeah. flattered. It'll be a lot better in the edit. 
<laughs> I trust that it, it'll be better, sure. Yeah, we'll put Do some get... big bands playing in the background, like on the Tonight Show. And could I get some, uh, could you insert some pyrotechnics as well? I would appreciate that. Oh, I'm sure we could make some boom boom sounds or something. Yeah, like I love that. Well, you know, Fourth of July is right around the corner. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. Have you got any plans for the for the fourth? Oh yeah, I'll be hanging out in downtown Los Angeles uh, with uh, my former neighbors, who uh, every year buy more and more fireworks than they did the previous year. I think their goal is to eventually blow up the entire city of downtown Los Angeles, and I, I want to be there when it happens. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are are you allowed to do that down there? I thought that fireworks weren't legal in in LA. They're absolutely not, but people don't listen, and uh, <laughs> and I'm glad that they don't listen. I'm glad because it's fun. You know, it's fun to light off you know giant rockets in the center of an intersection that you're not supposed to be at. You know what I mean? I just love that. I loved it. Something about blowing shit up when you're not supposed to makes it more fun, I guess. I'm so into it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, hey, what's wrong? It's just one night out of the year you blow up shit. Who cares, you know? Can't we just all blow up whatever we want one night of the year? No one gets hurt. Well, I mean, there's a few fingers lost, but so what? No one dies. Nobody dies on 4th of July, unless you're really dumb. If you're really dumb, you die. If you're kind of dumb, you might lose a hand. <laughs> so it's okay. It's like the purge. We'll just take one day of the year, blow a bunch of shit up. Exactly. Button. <laughs> yeah, I love it. What 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 are your plans for Fourth of July? Oh man, I'm gonna be. Uh, well, our show here will be continuing as normal because we're gonna have something in the can uh, for that week. But I will personally be back home in Tupelo. Uh, my buddy throws a pool party every year, and by party I mean it's like four of us. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> by party I mean there's four of us. Okay. But we take the most ridiculous photos and put them on Instagram. Like last year, uh, the the big one that everybody liked was uh, was me and my swim trunks with an unbuttoned American flag shirt, uh, holding up the the flag on in one hand, and a sword of all fucking things in the other. A sword. While while my foot's propped up on a beer cooler. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. You're like the Captain Morgan of Fourth uh, of July. <laughs> wow, when the hell did you get a sword? Where'd you get a sword? What kind of was uh, it? Like a a scimitar? What was it? I don't know. It was one of those like medieval swords. Uh, my buddy had it in the closet. He was like, we were getting ready, and I'm holding up the flag, and I'm going like, yeah, like making that making that face. And then he goes, whoa, dude, wait, wait, wait. He's like, I got something even better. Hang on. He goes. He goes sprinting back in the house, and he comes back running out holding the sword. <laughs> He's got to Hold on, let me bring, let me make this more American than it used to be. Here's a, let's add a sword to the equation. <laughs> I know, right? A musket, maybe. A long time ago, when Donald Trump was running for president, uh, we found this channel that was like I don't know what it is, but it's like a southern version of QVC. Because I was in Mississippi when we found it. And uh, it's it's a home shopping network. We called it the home shopping network for rednecks. But they sell, like, uh, knives and sure. uh, hunting equipment. And then, like, we're watching. And everybody on the show talks like this right here. They had a <laughs> Donald Trump sword. And uh, the, what do you call it, the handguard was the White House. The blade was the Washington Monument. And I forget what the handle was. on. But I'm no. sure it's ridiculous. This and is if, real? Yes, I swear to God. This exists? You, yes. Oh, my God. I can't and believe it. If you order today, you include a Donald Trump 2016 or Make America Great Again flag that came with it so that, you know, you could have your photo op with your American flag and your Donald Trump sword. And I thought. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. What about your Mike Pence nunchucks? Do they sell those? <laughs> I would, I would hope so. I would watch that. I would. I would. I would watch Mike Pence do do nunchucks with that 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 bland face of his, that never yeah. changing expression. And then uh, you could compete with that with like Hillary Clinton hand grenades. Like we could go all day, man. We could. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. Um, it's good to be on the show, man. Um, we. We connected on Facebook, and um, 
you know, I love the concept of your podcast because it was so niche and so specific. And I thought to myself, this guy's going to be cool, man. This guy's going to be fun. And uh, although we, we never knew each other, I really, I really had a, uh, I really had an, the inclination that being on your show would be rewarding for me. And, and hopefully, and hopefully for your listeners as well. I hope I bring something to the table here. Oh yeah, man. I, I, this is gonna be this is great. I'm excited to have you. Like it's taken us a little while to to organize it because of our timing and our schedules and things. You're out in California. I'm in Missouri. Caputo's in uh, Canada. So yeah. which is you know one place, like one neighborhood. It's all one one thing. The way I always tell it on here. So. Uh, but uh, um, yeah, so it's took a little while. To, to, to get everything together and get done. But I'm glad that we finally got you here, man. I'm really, uh, real, thank you for being here. I really appreciate that you, uh, you coming on and everything, saying those nice things. But um, So now, when you're doing your comedy and stuff, I asked you this earlier when we, before we started recording. Uh, you told me that you uh, you went on tour uh, with your comedy a couple of times. Have you got any really good tour stories that you want to share with us? Well, as a comedian, you know, uh one of the ways to make money is touring. You know, as you know, you're familiar enough with the music scene as well. It's the same. It's the same deal, um, except for it's usually a solo endeavor. Um, and because it's a solo endeavor, you can kind of go to faraway places because you don't have to. You know, you don't have to get hotel rooms for four or five guys. You can, You know, you're just handling yourself. Uh, so I've been able to go to some faraway, fascinating places um, on a budget, and uh, I I went to Asia in end of January and I was there till the beginning of March. I did shows in Singapore, Malaysia, Taiwan, and Japan. And I happened to be there during the outbreak of the virus in all of those countries. So I had a first hand front row seat to how all these Asian countries handled the outbreak. And uh, unfortunately for me, the later, the later into the outbreak and the later into my tour, the more shows were getting canceled. And I, you know, I unfortunately lost some money, lost some gigs, but um, I, you know, it was a, it was an amazing travel experience for me because I had never been to these countries before, and so I got to, you know, really, uh, really push the boundaries with, uh, with travel, especially when you go to a place called, uh, called like when you go to a place like Japan, where nobody speaks. English, really. You know, the other countries, uh, Singapore, the, the main language is English. Taiwan, most people speak English. Uh, in Malaysia, everybody speaks English as well. But in Japan, that wasn't the case. And so it was, uh, you know, I was really pushing myself uh, by, by doing that. And, uh, and it, it, was, it was just a fascinating overall experience to see how the countries handled the virus. They were very, very scared of it from the get-go. They were very cautious from the get-go. You know, before there was even a single death in Taipei, uh, you know, they were taking my temperature to go into stores. They were requiring masks. Before before one death, they were doing these things. Before there was one death, Singapore got their, uh, you know, got the, got the military involved in the situation. Before there was even one death. I mean, in, in my country, it took, you know, it took 2,000 people to be dead or more before they even made you wear a mask when you go into 7-Eleven. I mean, we handled it the exact opposite way. We were very, very casual about it, and these countries were not, and that was fascinating to witness it all go down. When I got back to my country, I mean, they didn't even take my temperature to enter, and, and that was happening when I traveled throughout Asia. They, would, they were very cautious when you entered their country in customs, you know, in immigration. They would, they would look at your passport. They wanted to know if I had been to China at all within the last month. They took my temperature. They made me fill out a health survey. Uh, when I entered America on March 10th, uh, didn't take my temperature, didn't give me a health survey, didn't even, didn't ask if I was in China within the last two weeks, saw that I entered from Japan and didn't seem to give a shit. Um, you know, and now you see the fallout of this, of this casual attitude toward the virus. You know, now we have over 100,000 deaths and uh, we're looking at what's probably going to be a second wave because we're opening up at the wrong time, uh, too early. You know, these other countries are still not fully op opening up and they don't have they have very few cases. I mean, that's how serious they're taking it. But we're not doing that here. So this tour that I was on really gave me 
Uh, I mean, in addition to it just being fun to travel to these countries and, and what is it like to do comedy in Asia? You know, it, 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 that was a challenge and that was exciting as well. I got this first eye glimpse into uh, how Asia treated the uh, COVID-19 and how we approached COVID-19. Um, and, uh, you know, I covered a lot of this on my podcast, Weird AF News, um, as I was traveling too. you know, letting my listeners know where I was, if I was OK and and reporting on how how they were uh, responding to the virus uh, at, at that early stage. And, uh, you know, the listeners of Weird AF News are they're pretty accustomed to me, uh, you know, doing weird shit, obviously, and going to weird places. And so they, they ate that up. And uh, and uh, yeah, so that it was a uh, it, it was a very exciting tour and I got a lot out of it. And um, I can't wait to go back to Asia. Uh, although I don't know if they're going to allow Americans in right now. We, we seem to be the most tainted of any of any country right now. I think uh, Singapore isn't going to allow me to go back in, and I, I don't think Taiwan as well. Malaysia, no. Japan, perhaps, but those other countries won't allow it right now. They won't allow Americans in. I guess you can't blame them either, though. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I can't blame them. When you uh, when you were there, did you see anything uh, going on like what we saw on the news or anything like that, where they were like setting up hospital beds outdoors and uh, shit like that? Did you ever see anything like that going down, or you think some of that was overblown? No, I didn't. I didn't witness any of that. Now I understand that that was going on in China, and I didn't go to China. Okay. I mean, specifically, uh, okay. yeah, Wuhan, Wuhan, the, the the center of it all, the epicenter of it. I, I I understand that that was happening, but in the countries I was in, they didn't they didn't have those kinds of numbers. Like I said, I was in Taiwan. They didn't even have one death yet. Um, you know, and and that I was I was there at the beginning of it all, where there was hardly any cases. And yet these countries were freaking out, man. They were freaking. I mean, everybody at just the announcement of this, of, of a single case in their country, bam, everybody on the subway wearing a mask. I mean, that's how quickly the community like got on board with it. And they, I mean, they were already doing the social distancing and, and, uh, you know, in Singapore right away, restaurants shutting down, comedy shows shutting down, just, just even after just a few cases, just a handful, they were very alarmed and they took it extremely seriously. Um, you know, exactly the opposite of what happened here. Like imagine the exact opposite. We would never allow that to happen in this country. I mean, we, we all want our personal freedoms. We don't want to be told what to do by the government or anybody else. Um, you know, I don't want to be told that I can't go bowling or go, you know, go, go get a slice of pizza down the street. You know, we, we, we equate the American flag with the, with the freedom to do whatever the hell we want, despite consequences. And that's really kind of a foolish approach, you know, and it's not indicative of, of a, of a communal approach. It's more of an, uh, an individual freedom. And, you know, we have to balance that in this country constantly, like individual freedom with, the health and the the prosperity and the progress of the community as well and we constantly right. we go back and forth but i think in this instance we should think more of community than our own personal freedoms because it's dependent upon us to all work together right now and agree to limit the spread of something that let's be honest it's it's going to it's going to kill mostly old people and lower income people and 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 i think because of that we're not getting on board with it I mean, if you were to see all of our celebrities start to kick the bucket, I think we'd all freak the fuck out and, and agree. Yeah. And we'd all sequester ourselves in our home and want to wear masks and whatnot. But because it's happening to uh, sort of, you know, the, these groups that, I mean, it, it's so sad to say, but, you know, it, it's, it's happening to groups that just we, we're just kind of, it, it's not affecting us. We, we're not really being affected by the true the true numbers, you know, we're just looking at it as a number, you know, and, and, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't. I'm sorry for railing on that topic. No, it's just no, some, no, something I've been thinking about. It's important. And you have a, you have a, uh, you have a, a view on it. That's that you, you've been there. Like you've been to the places where you saw how it was affected. Plus, I mean, and, and then you're in, you're in Los Angeles where like, I mean, it's a lot worse there, uh, yeah. even than it is here. So, yeah, it sure is. It absolutely is. So I mean, I definitely understand. But yeah, man, did you have any when you were when you were coming in? Did you have any kind of uh, problems or anything? Did you see any kind of delays with getting back home? 
Um, the only thing that happened when I got back home, which was a unique experience for me, was um, I got after I landed and I was going through through customs and immigration back into the states from Japan. Um, I was pulled out of line and randomly selected to be searched for um, livestock and uh, vegetation. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna like you're gonna smuggle a chicken. Yeah, I guess I look like, well, he's coming from Japan. Maybe he's got two chickens and a bonsai tree. Uh, I, that never happened to me before, man. You know, I've, I've flown many times. I've never was selected for a random uh, shrubbery search. Wait, where was this at? Where did this happen? Los Angeles Airport. Yeah. Wait a minute. So this has happened before. They've got a, they've got a system in place for searching you for livestock. Correct. And vegetation. So, so I, so I, I mean, I guess what happened. That's what I want to know. What happened to get them to put this protection in place? I don't know. Some some guys tried to smuggle two pounds of shrimp in his in his underwear from Japan. Maybe I don't know how it went. Down. Some, somebody, some lady had two squids in her in her bra. Fucking unbelievable. I. uh so I get it. I, I get, to, you know, and I'm wondering, I, I thought, well, I'm from Japan. They're going to they're going to take my temperature. That's what I thought was happening. No, they're going to take my temperature because I'm I was in a place where they think maybe the virus was. No, that wasn't the case at all. They wanted to know if I had any chickens or whatever the hell. So <laughs> I thought I would do the right thing. Now, I had two bananas in my bag. I got the bananas on the plane, they were giving bananas out as a snack, and I, I wasn't hungry, but I thought I would save them in my bag and eat them on the Uber ride home or something. You know, I didn't think it was a big deal. Well, well, they thought it was a huge deal because I, I told them, I said, hey, you know, I don't have any livestock, but uh, <laughs> of course, <laughs> but uh, I don't have any livestock. I have two bananas in my in my carry-on right there. And they, I mean, they stopped everything. These two bananas, like... It was like I must I must have told them I had a uh, you know a, a bomb in my bag. I mean they stopped the line. They the, some lady came out. She was like, "Which bag is it, sir?" And I and she pulled it out like it was CSI. She put these gloves on and then goes through and pulled them out like, dude, pulled them out like it was like she was holding like I don't even know like 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 two pistols like like two nine millimeters like she jacked two nine millimeters out of my bag like wow. <laughs> And she goes, you know, you I to... can find you. She said, you know, I could find you $300 for this. Well, really? I'm like, hey, maybe you might want to look at my passport, you idiot. I just came from Malaysia. You might want to take my temperature, you dumbasses, instead of taking out my bananas like I'm a criminal. Like, wow, what dummies. You know, this country, I, I knew at that moment, I'm like, wow, we're really fucked with the virus if this is how they're treating me right now over a banana, you know? Apparently, I can bring in. I can't bring in a banana. I can't bring in potassium, but I can bring in a virus. That's okay. <laughs> did they? Uh, did the SWAT team come in? And, uh... <laughs> so I'd imagine, like, if I ate the bananas, like, I could bring that through. You know, if I ate them, they're in my stomach. I mean, that's okay. Oh, unless if I told them, hey, you know, I had two bananas on the on the plane, I'd imagine they'd be like, all right, sir, more gloves. You're gonna have to bend over for this search. <laughs> Just how, oh my God. how, and by the way, nobody in that, that was working in that department, by the way, I'm just making a note. I'm just letting everybody know for the record, nobody was wearing a mask. No, not a person. This was March 10th and we already had like 10,000 cases or whatever. No one's wearing a mask at the airport that works there. How, how you in security at an airport? Unbelievable. Was this LAX? Yeah. LAX, man. That explains. Yeah, so it's, much more. It's an armpit of, of the airports. It's just, it's the worst. It's the worst. And, uh, oh, there he is. There's, there there's, our, there's our boy. Finally. Holy shit. Uh, welcome, welcome. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was when I knew, you know, and I wrote a whole article about this um, that went kind of viral on Facebook. A lot of shares, a lot of reads. Um, thousands of people read this article uh, where I compared how, how Asia was handling the outbreak compared to the U.S., and it's just so vastly different, man. So vastly different. Um, that yeah. Is yeah. There's nothing funny about it. I wish I could make it funny as a comedian. I can't. I can't. Even, it's so sad. I can't even make it funny. I cannot. 
it's a little funny. It'll be funnier later when people aren't we dropping like Yeah, yeah. We need tragedy. We need it's tragedy. We need time. Tragedy plus yeah. time. I don't know how much time, but we need more. Definitely more time. Pride March, maybe. I don't know. Jesus. <laughs> When you go to Japan and you um, and you tour and things like that over there, do you, the, the people over there have a different? Do you have a different set list of jokes and things that you tell? Do they have a different sense of humor? Like, how do you read the audience when you can't even? Uh, you're not even familiar with the culture that much. Well, you know, it, it um, it's difficult. It's difficult. For, uh, you know, what I did was I had never done comedy in Japan before, so I got I made sure I was there to watch the whole show. That's what you that's what you do. Now, when I do shows in the U.S. I might show up late to the show if I'm the headliner. I don't have to watch the show so much. I'm going to do my jokes that, that I've been doing for whatever, how many months or years. Um, that's pretty set, regardless of what the crowd is. You know, uh, They're going to get my references. I know that already. It's, a, it's my country. It's my home. Uh, but over there, that's not the case. So I, got, I had to get there early. I made an effort to watch the show, see what I'm dealing with, see what the comics are doing, what's working. Uh, you know, is the comic, is it, is it high energy? Is it low energy? What's the style? I'm watching all of these things just to take in the information and uh, come up with an approach. Luckily, I had been to, uh, I had been, by the time I hit Japan, I had already been traveling for six weeks in Asia and I had developed some material that was Asia specific. Um, it, it, it was more, uh, an American's point of view as I'm traveling in Asia. It was that kind of material. You know, it was very autobiographical. This is what I'm, I've been in your country for how long or in your continent, and this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm observing. This is how they're treating me. And here's what I, here's why I think they're treating me this way. And here's what I think of everybody um, that I meet. And here's what I think about your food, whatever, whatever. I had, I had developed that stuff. Uh, I had written probably 12 to 15 minutes of material about that and then of my own material which you know there's over an hour of that some of it is universal so uh not a lot of it but maybe 25 minutes of it i could go with a you know jokes about i have a nut allergy jokes about being a short guy you know that kind of stuff can translate no matter where you are and then i'm always i'm pretty good at crowd work too so you know if i was if I'm doing 40 minutes over in Asia as the headliner, between the 12 minutes I got about being traveling in Asia, 20 minutes of my own shit, and then maybe 10 minutes of screwing around with the crowd, I could put it together. I could put together 45 minutes or so, and it would be okay. It would be okay. It wouldn't be like, wow, blo mind-blowing, but it, it would be enough to, to, to make it through. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty interesting, though, to think about. <clears throat> yeah, you know, and... uh. In Japan, I'm dealing with expats is what's going on here. That's That that was the crowd, expats. So that was different. Um, I wasn't dealing with expats when I was in Malaysia. I was doing jokes to people that, are, you know, they're Malaysian, but they just speak English. Same with Singapore. They're what Singapore. are expats? I, I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar oh, with this term. Expat is like uh, somebody from, let's just say somebody from the West who had moved to Asia so it's somebody from Ireland or the UK or America, you know, like an American living in Japan, you call that person an expat. Yeah. Okay. So you go to the, so you're standing on stage, you're looking out at the audience and it looks like you're in like downtown Brooklyn or some shit. Yeah. I mean, so, well, <laughs> yeah, but in Japan, it was a specifically, uh, the show in Osaka was at a, uh, and the show in Tokyo as well, but that show was canceled. But the one in Osaka went off, two, two, two shows actually. They're at a, a, a British pub. So it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of Brits there, a lot of people from the UK. So still not my crowd. They're not Americans, but still they, you know, they, they, they get it. They get it and they all speak English. And, so, and they know what it's like to be a Westerner in Japan so they can understand where I'm coming from, you know. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Where else have you toured besides Asia that uh, had a different kind of style of a you had to get a different vibe for it before you continued? Well, uh, not outside the country other than Asia, really. I mean, unless you count um, Montreal, but eh, it, Montreal, it, you know, very. It, it was like the same as America for the most part. You know, I could do all. I could do whatever material that I do. I could do there. It was no problem. I find. Um, 
I find state to state can be different, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I'll go to, like, if I find myself in, let's say I go to um, Arizona, um, you know, and I wanted to, I don't do Trump jokes, but I've seen a comedian from L.A. go to one of these states, do Trump jokes, and get groans and get booed. Like, they weren't, they weren't like, get off stage, you know, but they weren't, they weren't down with it. They just weren't. And so the comedian had to sweep it up and move on. And then the next night he didn't do Trump jokes. You know, it was, it was kind of like that. It was like a learning experience. Like some States, they're just not down with it. You know, um, you have to pay attention to your, to your crowd in instances like that. Of course, kind of know your demographic, you know, if you're doing a show, you know, if you're doing a show and right across the street is a church next to an off track betting place, next to a gun store, you know where you are. And you know, maybe not make fun of Jesus. Maybe don't, maybe don't make fun of Trump. And maybe don't make fun of people that carry guns so much. You know, if you have jokes like that, maybe not do those jokes. You know, of course you're gonna get comics who, they, you know, they got a big ego and they wanna do whatever the hell they want. You know, you do have comics like that, like, I don't give a damn, I'm gonna say what I have to say. You know, but it's like, hey, you know what, man? That's fine if you're not being paid, but you're being paid to deliver some entertainment tonight and be funny. So like, just be funny. And if that's not funny, then don't fucking do it. You know what I mean? I, I, think, I think there are some comics that don't get that. At the end of the day, you, if you're paid to dance like a monkey, you better dance like a monkey. It's <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going to be dancing like a monkey here in a minute. We're going to continue on with Jonesy here in just a minute. We're going to go into automatic overdrive by slash uh do you have anything you want to say before we get into our song of the day do you got anything else you want to add in oh i would i would like to add that um the one the one realm that i'm really able to completely express myself freely and i think you guys can agree with this is my podcast that seems to be one of the places where uh just freedom of expression is really allowed. And, and and I really love that about podcasts. You know, I mean, you'll find every point of view on a podcast. People are can say really whatever they want, whatever opinion it is from all backgrounds, all walks of life. And I, I really have embraced that with my podcast, Weird AF News, as I'm sure you guys have done as well. You know, your freedom of expression that you have on here is, uh, you know, is something that I think is untouched by the culture, you know, lucky for us, maybe because we're not po- like, so our podcasts aren't really killing it like Joe Rogan's or something. I don't know what that is, but you know, I'll find that even if I do a show for 50 people, there's a chance that I, I might get some blowback if I, if I'm not being very agreeable. Um, whereas I really don't get that with my podcast. I get, I get a longer leash. People, people let me really truly express my opinions and I really don't get that much backlash as I as I would with some stand-up comedy you know I, I find that and so I really I really love the whole the whole idea of podcasts and the kind of creative freedom that it brings all of us you know I, I just can't I can't speak about that enough man I just love it so much it's been a blessing for my life for sure for sure well let's talk about music for a second since, since we're, before we get into the song uh, have you uh this being a Guns N' Roses podcast have you ever been to CGNR live I have not. I have not seen GNR live. Do you have uh, any kind of uh, story of that realm you might uh, that might be interesting? Uh, a story about a live show, or a story about GNR? Yeah, that maybe that maybe we could link and stitch together somehow to GNR. Um, well, you know, uh, I used to do a joke in which um, I did uh, an Axl Rose impression. Oh boy. Oh. <laughs> He's going it two ways around here. Let's find out. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. On here. Okay. Uh, this is my impression of Axl Rose doing the Cars for Kids commercial. <clears throat> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I haven't done this in a while. This was a joke that I did when I first started. <clears throat> One eight seven seven cars for kids. K A R S cars for kids. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. Fuck, that's pretty good. <laughs> that is good. That is good. <laughs> 
Wow, I haven't done that in so many years, man. Still, still kind of got. I used to have it much better. Trust me, believe me, it was really on point before. Yeah, I would do one of those long where you think he's ending and then he comes back. Yes, for kids. Hey, so, so let's, question, uh, right? Can you... So, question. Uh, Cars for Kids, is that all over the country? Like, do you guys all know, do we all know what that is, right? That commercial, have you heard that? Oh, yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. You get it in Canada, too? Have you heard it up there? Yeah. Oh, wow. All the Great. time on AM radio, you hear that shit. Wow. 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS uh, is, like, kids, yeah. countrywide. Wow, wow. So, oh, sweet. So I could do that joke in Missouri. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, it's Caputo, uh, can we do an impression here of what Axl Rose would sound like doing that nowadays, though? Oh. oh yeah, what would it sound like? Shit. Mm. <laughs> More Mickey Mouse. <laughs> you know, I I think people like when you go to a Bob Dylan concert, right? I I don't think you're going there to enjoy the singing so much. I think you're going there to be in the presence of greatness. And oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. you don't you hear know? it when you're there. It, you don't hear it when you're there. The only time you hear it is when you're playing back the cell phone video that you recorded. <laughs> that's right that's right so yeah i think people are going there for a different reason so it's okay what's he what he's doing it's okay i'd imagine oh it's yeah okay. it's still a great show this buildup we're getting here this like kind of banging rock and roll thing going on Okay, what the fuck is a paramore? I was wondering the same thing. Isn't that isn't that a uh, an umbrella? I don't know. Let's, go, <laughs> let's I'm gonna Google, Google it. it. Hang on. Oh no, that's a parasol. My bad. Parasol. <laughs> <laughs> I do really like the the build up though. They give this song so far. It's got like a lot of build up. Who is this? Like, who 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 is his singer? There. It sounds like a young Sammy Hagar. It's Miles Kennedy from uh, Alter Bridge. Alter Bridge. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I like this guy. Uh, real throwback. I really dig it. Uh, so what is Paramore? Okay. It says, a lover, especially the illicit partner of a married person. Oh, shit. It's the, it's the side side chick? Yeah, so, or is he just banging married woman or something? I don't know. I don't know. Either way is fun to me. So. It's, like a, it's like a fancy word for side chick. I think rappers should use this word in their lyrics, you know what I mean? <laughs> I yeah. Know. Roll them. <laughs> Just rolling with my paramour. You know what I mean? Like, fabulous word. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed it is. Okay, this is badass because I really like that. Like, you remember yeah. when we listened to No More, No More? A couple yeah. of uh, this is kind of similar. It's got that that nonstop kind of vibe to it. It's just fast paced, you know. Right from the get go, once that like opening riff kicks in, it just like takes off full speed like that. Yeah, this is badass. I'm really enjoying this. It's hard to do a podcast when it's a good song because we always just end up listening to the song. So I'm having to consciously turn it off so we can make some comments on it. And like discuss lyrics and such. Yeah. It's good um it's really good driving music, it seems to me. I really like this. 
That's oh, yeah. I can see me going 95 on the interstate for this. Okay, so it seems like he's he kind of cares about this chick, even though she's wild and crazy and uh, is uh, always down to go. So it's kind of got like that in Rocket Queen. Uh, are you, uh, are you sure? Are you sure he's talking about a woman? Like maybe this is his car he's talking about. I think it could be about either. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's like a double entendre. It kind of goes both ways, I think. Yeah, absolutely. A double entendre. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I like big words like that, too. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't know what paramore meant. You're whipping out this double entendre. Paramore. Shit. You know, Canadians, man, they just have a better education than us. This is true. This is true. And double entendre. What the hell? This isn't the first time Caputo's done this to me on this show. Caputo, man, would you? I mean, even a, a Canadian public education is probably better than like a bachelor's degree in the states. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh man. Yeah, this could be a car. It could be a lady. Um, the thing that makes me think it might be a lady is that this 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 person or the, I mean, he's singing that she's got a disease. I mean, that's the only thing. I've, I've never met a car with a disease. I've met plenty of women with diseases. Don't want to see them again. <laughs> Well, it says how many times I te- how many times I uh, I tell her that if she keeps running at this pace, she'll be long run out before she ever reaches the light, and uh, that kind of tells me like you know like this chick's fast, yeah, and she and he really likes having a good time with her, but it's like she's a little crazy, man. She needs to kind of slow down this like rock star lifestyle she's kind of living in. Coming yeah, well, from yeah, yeah, she could be a stripper. I was thinking that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably knowing Slash. Probably. So, yeah, right? It could be. Could be. Mm-hmm. I, I really like this song, man. This is a great feel-good, upbeat, uh, high-energy, kick-ass track, man, that you could, you know, perfect for driving, perfect for beating the shit out of your neighbor. You know? <laughs> that also works. Whatever you're into. <laughs> Building up to a badass solo, I believe. Well, I mean, and it has a bridge. I mean, you know, this is old school when they used to have bridges. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. the shit oh i'm good yeah you like how i came out of that solo and everybody cut out with the drums fucking great (laughs) oh go up half a step shit key change this guy's voice is tremendous huh shit oh yeah he, you know, he's got, he doesn't have testicles, clearly. <laughs> you know, like you can't go up a step like that with, if you have testicles, there's no way. Well, Miles has some pops. He gets a, some pipes. He gets a lot of heat and he gets a lot of shit inside the GNR community. But I, I never really understood why, because I've always liked Miles and I, I just I just don't understand that, like, why everybody hates on him so much. I get that he's, like, he sounds great when he's singing a song written for him to sing like this. Like, because after Miles became Slash's permanent solo band singer for Slash with Miles Kennedy, then, yeah, all the songs are written for him. But when he tries to sing, like, Civil War or a song or an Axel song, 
he he has a little bit of tr- trouble there, a sweet child of mine or something like that before. Now they don't cover GNR as much when they tour live as they did when they first got together because Slash and Miles have put out so many albums together yeah. that they can just dip into their own shit and they don't have to uh, go to the GNR well, which makes sense because Slash is back in GNR. If you want to hear Slash play GNR music, you just go see GNR. So, exactly. But you got to imagine some people expect to hear a couple of classics when they go see that. You know? Oh, yeah, they play Night yeah. Train still. Yeah, yeah, that's when I saw them last year. They played Night Train, and like people fucking like lost their shit. Yeah, oh. Night Train sounds like a perfect song for this dude Miles to sing for sure. Oh, it's great! Like, yeah, he kills I, it on that. I remember when when I went and saw Slash uh, on a solo show. I think it was last year, right before a little bit before we started this podcast. Um, the right before they played Night Train, uh, he said we got a special guest that's going to come out and join us, and then Richard Fortas came out on stage. Oh, and then shit. you hear this smattering of pop in the audience. And like even people that were cheering and stuff when Fortis came out was looking at me going, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's, 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 he's in Guns N' Roses. Like, that's Richard Fortis. <laughs> but I didn't realize how close he, he lives to me. And that's cool because I didn't, I never, I never realized that. Doesn't he, I guess he lives in St. Louis. I think so, yeah. Maybe. So that's really that's really neat because I never realized that Richard Fortas lived just right down the road. So that's pretty cool. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's get into ratings. Uh, Jonesy, you're our guest. We go uh, we go up to five. What would you give this song? I like. Can I give a decimal points as well? Whatever you want yeah. to do? Yeah, I I'm gonna give that a three point nine. I really dig it. Uh, it's simple. And it's hard and fast, and it's like it does what it's supposed to do. Absolutely. Certainly, certainly. Caputo. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm just gonna go full five. This is it's a kick-ass song. Um, this is ironically probably on my list of songs that I would probably most likely want to get a speeding ticket to while <laughs> listening to. So <laughs> it's perfect for that, yeah, it's perfect, it's for, that. perfect for that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a kick-ass song. Like I'm never gonna skip this. Like if it comes on on like a Spotify shuffle or like I'm listening to, like my rock playlist or whatever, you know, it's like something you'll definitely want to play from start to finish. Uh, yeah, so it's it's a five out of five for me. This is a song you could definitely like rollerblade to. I feel like yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> like you know, you get your fanny pack filled with beef jerky and you just get out there and go. You know, I want to see sports montages done to this song. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be better than hearing Imagine Dragons on CBS. <laughs> yeah, fuck, <laughs> for sure. I think the reason I'm good, I'm gonna go with you on this one, Caputo. I'm gonna give it a five too, which is very rare that me and Caputo here ever wow. get it. five, huh? You guys are going full throttle. Yeah, literally. <laughs> We've done it what three times now? Yeah, I think like yeah, something like very few times. I think I gave Beautiful Dangerous a five. Did no, I gave it like a four. So I don't remember. Yeah. I don't keep up with it. After we rated on the show, I never remember what it was again. But <laughs> um, yeah, I would give this one a five because this one's definitely going in my playlist now. Before the show, I honestly I haven't heard this. I own the album; it's right there. <laughs> it's just I've never uh, never really took the time to listen to the song and. Uh, I really like it, and like you said, man, it makes you think of uh, going fast. Makes you want to rollerblade. It makes, but the part that really got me, the reason, because I was thinking like I had a four and a half, but the thing that gave it that extra point five to me is uh, at the end after the solo where the drums kicked out. That kind of caught me off guard, and I was like sitting here, I was vibing, and then I felt like I, like I, my vibe was going like this, and it felt like I jumped a cliff, and I'm waiting on the tires to land on the ground again so I can keep going, <laughs> and. That was the feeling it gave me right there when the when the that little break there, and so like the Dukes of Hazard and they jump the thing and hear <laughs> and then the then the then when the guitar comes back in and for that second time when he said he goes up half a step the uh, that's the tires landing back on the ground and then the police chase commencing, uh, in my opinion. For me, uh, you know, I want to put it over the top, but I just there's just so many unanswered uh, questions about this. And I have a hard time living without some closure here. Like, is this a song about somebody's Mustang or is it about a dead stripper? 
What is it? <laughs> oh, what if it's about a dead stripper in the trunk of somebody's Mustang? Hey, all right. Oh. Now, now, see, we can, we can hang on. I do this thing, or at least I used to back in the early days of this podcast, where I would take the lyrics and I would try to form a fucked up story out of them. Let's do it. Uh, see, like, see, it says, my baby's high. She's in overdrive. She's a fiend out on the floor. Well, now she's on the floor because she's dead. She's a yeah. shot of hate. She's a drop dead parent. She dropped dead. The bitch just literally dropped dead. So uh, now he's getting floor, rid of the body. Yeah, on the floor. On the floor. That was, that's what led me to think she's a stripper. You know, she's doing her, you know, she's on the floor now, you know. Uh, oh, there you go. They're always high strippers, right? I mean. Right, right. They got, they got diseases, most of them, uh, you know. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> and it does say, the lyrics do say, her disease I can't ignore. So, <laughs> Well, her disease is paying the bills. That's why. <laughs> you gotta... Oh, shit. <laughs> I wish I had a stripper girlfriend. That would pay all That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, that, great, great tune, though, man. I really I really enjoyed this choice, man. I'm going to add this to, to my my. My uh, workout playlist, you know, if I ever get back to the gym, this is a good gym song. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that, but you're right. The only oh, problem, man, I mean, yeah, you know, when you want to put a couple plates on there and you want to put up like, I don't know, like 60 pounds because I'm a beast. You know, if you want to do that, this is the song for you. 60, yep. you know, I know you say that as a joke, but like my waist probably like 10, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, let's spin the wheel. You want to spin the wheel and see what we're going to do next week? Sure. Oh, you get to, oh, spin the wheel, man. I get to be here for that? Fucking sweet. Oh, fuck yeah, man. Hey, is that the uh, Press Your Luck sound? Yes. <laughs> Classic. Okay, so next week we're going to be listening to Ball by Izzy Stradlin. Back to the Izzy. Oh, yeah. look at that. Back to Izzy once again. Uh, I've never heard this song, so I'm not really, I'm, I'd be a liar if I said I was looking forward to it. But uh, hopefully it's a good one. Hopefully yeah. hopefully, the uh, song doesn't suck. Uh, one more time before we sign off, we want to say thank you to Jonesy here for coming on the show and uh, being with us. Before we go, we're not going to play our usual bit where we uh, play off with uh, uh, the Paradise City instrumental we like to close out with. Instead, before we go, uh, we're going to end the show. Jonesy is going to do a set for us uh, here that was recorded, uh, obviously in advance, because there's not like 500 to sick to 1,000 people sitting here to laugh at his jokes that you'll hear and everything. Oh. There's a way we could have just had a studio audience track to go in for the whole episode. I totally would have bullshitted and acted like that's. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you mind if I plug my podcast before we no, check no. out? Yeah, yeah. Well, so where people can find me is at Funny Jones on Instagram, and uh, my, the only thing that I'm doing right now creatively until the shows come back is the podcast Weird AF News. I do weird news from around the world five days a week. On Friday, I only do weird news out of the state of Florida. It's called Florida Fridays. And it oh is like, if you want to hear some degenerate shit out of the worst state that was ever created, then just listen to the Friday episode. Florida Fridays is just ridiculous. And it's the most popular episode of the week. But just five days a week, weird news on Weird AF News. And uh, I'm, I just passed 750 episodes and a million downloads. Got to hit that a few times. I haven't hit. The, I haven't played with our sound effects at all this week, so I got to throw in a couple of Carol Baskin. Uh, Carol Baskin. <laughs> I love that. Where can they find Weird AF News? We haven't told them that yet. Oh uh, well, on any of your podcast players, you can find Weird AF News, or you can go to weirdafnews.com. Nice, nice. And uh, are you going to stick around for GN Extra? Are you going to? Can you stick around with us for a little bit longer? Uh, what what what's happening after this? The post show, the after show, the wrap. The post show. Um, I can stick around for a little bit, but I'm pretty hungry. I'm gonna probably make some dinner. Okay. Uh, well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's gonna do it for this edition of the Guns and Radio podcast. Until next time, I'm Dustin Bones. And I'm Chris Caputo. We'll see you all next week. Peace. In my 30s now, and sometimes I get kind of freaked out about my health.
Uh, you, ever do the, you, ever, you ever go to the emergency room and then when you walk in you go, ah, shit, I didn't have to come here. <laughs> totally overreacted today. Yeah. This happened to me. I went, I went, about a month ago I went for a nut allergy. Uh, it's an embarrassing reason to go to the ER, I admit. The guy next to me was there for a stab wound. I was there because I accidentally had hazelnut coffee creamer. <laughs> he was bleeding. I was itchy. <laughs> to me, it felt like a real emergency, though. I was like, I'm sorry, bro, but I hope they take me next. As you can see, I'm starting to get a little puffy. Anybody else got the nut allergies? This dumbass disease? It's ridiculous. They should cure this shit, right? I'm supposed to believe this is incurable? Get out of here. We have the most amazing science these days, right? We got self-driving cars. We're all talking about traveling to Mars. Yet a man can be killed by trail mix. It makes no sense. They could obviously cure it if they felt like it, but nobody gives a shit. Yeah, no one cares about the nut allergy. It's true. Now, there's no fundraisers for me. There's no walk for nuts. No one's wearing, like, a little black ribbon because I can't enjoy Nutella. No one... I want to enjoy Nutella. Want a banana? You out of your mind. This shit looks amazing. I wouldn't care if I was allergic to something that didn't seem so delicious. Like, I wouldn't care if I was allergic to something I never wanted to eat, like, you know, I don't know, like, the top of the pineapple. Who gives a shit? I don't want to eat that thing. Looks like it hurts inside my mouth, if we're being honest. That's a pretty cool, though. Yeah. They don't got much for me, really. The EpiPen? Have you seen that piece of crap? Yeah, the doctor says, next time you eat a nut, right, stab yourself in the ass or the upper thigh with this needle. I'm like, this is it? Like, hey, doc, you got any medicine that when I take it, it doesn't require me to pull down my pants at Panera? It'd be pretty sweet if I could keep my pants on while I'm saving my life. And I got to keep that pen on me at all times? That EpiPen? That's attractive, huh, ladies? Yeah, I want to fuck the guy with the EpiPen. Said no one. No one's ever said that. No one ever will. The nut allergy in general, I'm telling you, it's a major cock block. It is, because it's a sign of genetic weakness. Yeah, there's no lady out there like, hey, you know who I'd like to mix my DNA with? <laughs> that guy that can be destroyed by a scone. <laughs> yeah, we're going to make a warrior together, me. <laughs> yeah, you're going to make somebody who always needs a hoodie. That's who you're going to make. <laughs> Just for the hell of it, I should get together with a woman who's got a gluten allergy and is <laughs> lactose intolerant and just make the weakest human being you've ever seen. <laughs> be like, Josie, your baby died in the, the tenth day. What happened? Like, I don't know. We strolled past the bakery and that was it. <laughs> should have never taken her out of the bubble, man. Should have never taken her out of... <laughs> The other thing they had for me, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but we had, in, when I was in middle school, we had a nut-free zone in my cafeteria. Did you ever have the nut, you had the nut-free zone? Yeah. For those of you who don't know what it is, it's ridiculous, buckle up. All of, I mean, all it was was a table in the corner of the cafeteria, and no nuts were allowed over there. <laughs> And from that moment on, at school, I could never eat lunch with my regular friends. <laughs> I had to eat with these 
nut freaks. I'd never met before. <coughs> you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. And you know, you can look around your school cafeteria and see the future, right? Like you got the athletes are at one table and we knew they were getting scholarships, right? You got the nerds at another table. We knew they were making apps, going to drive some Bentleys, right? And then you had the nut table. <laughs> and we weren't even sure we were going to live through the lunch period, to be honest. I mean, we were just trying to get by, man, you know? Like you got a four-year plan, four-year college. I'm like, I'm just trying to avoid the walnuts for four years, man. Trying to, just trying to stay alive at this point. Somebody told me they invented something called cashew butter. I'm scared, man. I'm scared. <laughs> By the way, there was no security for the nut-free zone. There was nobody keeping nuts out of the zone. We didn't have any nut bouncer of any sort helping us out. Someone just, this is what they did. They printed out a picture of a nut. And then someone drew a line through it. And they just taped it to the front of the table. Like, that sign was supposed to save our lives that day? Yeah, nothing. Any little ninja could have ran by our table and just blew pistachio dust out of us. And just murdered us all in an instant. 